I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about Rick's choice, Jinro, the Wolf Brigade. And I actually watched it. Yes, which we actually had talked a little <laughs> bit about just beforehand, which is we're both very happy about. Uh, we were he, we were supposed to actually record and do this a day earlier, but some things came up. Uh, and then we also found out that Rick actually hadn't watched it. So he was reading cliff notes to try and make it seem like he watched it last minute. Luckily, we delayed you know, it. I, all I have to say is the cliff notes that I watched. And yes, I had to watch the cliff notes. There were words there. I played a video in my head. It was better than the anime. But if you if you listened last week, you already know that. Yeah, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. <laughs> so um, one of the producers for this is Bandai Entertainment. It's actually aired in 1999. The dates for it are actually kind of a little fuzzy. It's anywhere from 1999 to 2000, depending on who you're talking to and where it's actually coming from and what they feel like saying. And then you also, it's also based off of a manga and the studio for it is production IG and the genres are military police, psychological drama and romance. And it ran for about an hour and 42 minutes. You could add confusion into that as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I guess we'll, 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 we'll I'll, I'll explain later, but yeah, I, I was, I was a little bit more confused than I'd like to admit during like the latter half of the movie. Okay. So, well, now, one of the things that I think will add to, I don't know if you call it the ambience or the, uh, the appeal of this movie is something you actually mentioned. It could be turned into a live action relatively easily and, and, and a good one at that. No, I'm not saying it could be turned into a live action. I'm saying it was turned into a live action. Oh, it was. Yeah. In 2018. Yeah. There is an actual live action for it. God, I hope I didn't just shove my foot in my mouth and it's good. Hopefully it is, is good. That the one you watched? No, okay, no. Uh, I was gonna say I watched the cartoon one. I hope you watched the cartoon one too. No, no. That's that's what we watched. That's what we were supposed to watch. <laughs> I'm saying that it would have been nice. Damn! I just missed a really good opportunity. Mm-hmm. If I would have known that they had a live action one out, I'd been like, "What do you mean? It, it, it is live action. They, they didn't have a cartoon one." Yeah, Damn. and see, and then I would start talking about <laughs> how you always let me down. <laughs> why you want to hurt me? It's because I love you. Hurt me so bad. It's because I love you. That's why. <laughs> so, uh, what's interesting is the director for this. Uh, he's also worked on a couple other couple other things as well. Really, like what? So the director. He also worked on, he's worked on a, a letter to Momo. Uh, aside from this, he also worked a little bit on, not as a director, but he worked on the opening scene uh, on Cowboy Bebop for it, actually. Wow. He worked uh, as a character designer for Cowboy Bebop. 
who's actually a key animator for the opening sequence. He worked on Ghost in the Shell oh. 2, Ghost in the Shell. He was a he he has been a longtime animator. So he's worked actually on a lot of a lot of different things. And he's just judging from his director standpoint, and he's only directed four movies that I'm aware of. I think we could or should expect more from him should he decide to direct more aside from that. Uh, I'd watch it. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the anime style. And be, I was going to say the way the flames were hitting, it was very modern with a, with a, um, I would say slightly older anime style because the, when people are throwing Molotov cocktails and whatnot, when they, when the flames hit and they blow up and do the, it was done with just enough realism to make it seem viable. And, and it wasn't cartoony. Right. No, it, it was actually done really well. And what's interesting is uh, the writer for this, uh, who's also the creator, uh, Mamoru Oshii, he's worked on a lot. And that's include, including Ghost of the Shell. He was the director, the writer for this movie. He was the director for Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell 2, Avalon, Skycrawlers. He wow. was the director for Pat Labor 2. He was the director for uh, Stray Dogs. He, you know, a laundry list of movies Wait, and shows. Bungo Stray Dogs? No. Just Stray Dogs? Yeah. Okay, I don't think I've seen that one then. Uh, that, and then that's a laundry list of, of really good shows. Yeah, and he, he also was a, the writer for a lot of the shows, whether it be the screenplay or the original or the creator for a lot of shows or, or movies out there. So it's, this guy has a laundry list. Yeah. (laughs) To to say the least. And, and so just seeing this and his particular spin on this was great. And I say spin is because this is in so many facets, a variation of red riding hood. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's not subtle in the, in the least in its comparisons. Oh yeah, no. And, and it's pretty, pretty, pretty blatant, like right off the bat. It's like, this is for grandma, you know, you're handing a package to, to someone and all the girls that are going running around delivering these packages, little girls. Now I don't really want to say little girls, but they're, they're preteen teenagers, young teens, uh, pubescent, and they're called red riding hoods. And then you have the big bads of the group who are the wolves. Now, well, not really the wolves. They are, I mean, yeah, I was just, they definitely, the wolves, one of the things that they anime that I thought was really smart as far as bringing context to the whole thing was wolves are never portrayed as the good guys. Yeah. And, and this, this was actually a very interesting and unique spin for that, you know, that in the end, the wolves air quotes for wolves. They were actually kind of the good guys in so many words, but at the same time, they're really not. I would say kind of sort of, they, they were more anti heroes than they were good guys. You know what I mean? They were what is necessary rather than what is desired. Yeah. And it's not the group or people that you're actually talking about or thinking about for them. He's not, it's not a part of the, the, the high, highly trained group. It's this sect of people who are specializing or deal with counterintelligence. And 
they're the ones that are the wolves. They're the ones that are considered the wolf brigade. Were they doing counter? What? Hmm. They were. It, it, they even say that's counter espionage or counter counter intelligence. That's the whole purpose of counter intelligence. So who were the wolves protecting? The country, their government. Okay. So there's three main factions that we or three main actors at work that I know of. One is the sect, which is a group of rebels, essentially. Right. You've got the police, which is considered the central intelligence forces. CIA. The CIA, yeah. No, CIAF, whatever they called it. Yeah. Basically, center police. And then you've got these, then you got the people who are like the CIA, the, the, the forefront, see the guys are the people you don't want to see. They're the ones who are actually know what they're doing, who are actually good at their job, who are actually like, I see a problem that you can't fix in public. Let's fix it behind the scenes. Yeah. So you have the capital, you have the capital special unit, which is what our main character fuse was a part of, right? The highly trained militarized individuals that have the body armor, the guns, everything like that. And then you have Mm -hmm. the sect, which, like you were saying, is the terrorist group. And then you have the local police force, right? Or the capital police. Police force, yeah. Yeah. The normal. The Wolf Brigade, the counterintelligence group, doesn't come into play really until the end. And if you've seen this before, like I've seen it before, a lot of the stuff that's really subtle just like really stands out to you then. It's like, oh, that makes total sense. Like, oh, I can completely understand like how, what's going on here now. Like, it makes more sense. Like, why did why like when they came up, Fuse went up the stairs, and there was one guy that passed him, and he walked right by the guy. Right, he went straight mm-hmm. to his desk and started looking around. He was looking around for information that had been left, and he wanted to grab it before one of his roommates came in there and saw it because he needs to make sure they don't see that information that has been left for him. That makes total sense. And if you're, you watch the movie, he says, we started watching him and talking to him after the tribunal. So after that, when he had his, basically his court martial, that's when they approached him and that's when they actually recruited him. And that whole time he had been not doing it as a means of his own, but he had been doing it as a part of his overall mission as to what he's supposed to be doing. That makes sense. It's easier to turn somebody when they're already, when when they're halfway there on their own, you know? Yeah. And it's not only that, and this has a lot, I feel like this movie has a lot of, I want to say. Je ne sais quoi. I have no idea what what that means, but I've always wanted to use it in a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it has, has a underlying focus or or story at the same time and the reason why i say that is because take again fuse he goes there he beginning the movie you see that girl she basically commits suicide and right in front of him and he's struggling with that well you can take hard well he's not just struggling with that he's struggling with his own humanity because they also i've watched it both subbed and dubbed he also is struggling with his own sense of morality because he totally could have killed her. He really didn't care 
and he he's struggling to try and keep the air quotes beast at bay with his own humanity. And so he has those visions where the wolves are just tearing a person apart or Mm. killing someone, or he's with the wolves and they're killing or destroying or anything else. It's his own internal. I I feel like it's a reflection of his own internal struggle on him trying to keep his humanity. I could see that in the sequence you're talking about the, the chick who's essentially haunting him is, is the one girl who I thought was the main character at the beginning, the red riding hood, so to speak. Right. Um, he's following her in his dreams and she's behind a gate. She says, you can't come in here. And he's like, I gotta, and he's got a pack of wolves behind him. He opens the door a little bit and the wolves run amok and kill this girl. It to me symbolized his, his feeling of helplessness at the situation, his feeling of complete and utter lack of control. Yeah, no, I totally, totally get that when they started calling him a wolf in later in the movie, I was like, does this mean that he now sees himself as the one who's just destroying and uncontrollable? Because yeah, it, to me, it looked like someone with severe PTSD, someone who like, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had PTSD. You would know if you did. I, oh, hear, hear me out. I think I've had symptoms of PTSD. And what I mean by that is, so to get a little personal, my, my grandmother was a very small woman. I'm six, two, six, one and a half, six, two on a really good day. If I stretch, you know, <laughs> and my, my grandmother was like five, one, five, two. Don't let her size fool you. She'd still beat the crap out of me if I did something wrong. Um, she never did thankfully, but like she could, and I'd let her cause there's respect there, but she was so frail. I used to pick her up like a little baby and rock her back and forth. Like as you know, for fun, I'm like, um, but I'd pick her up and she like, last time you did it, Rick. And in my head, I always, nothing ever happened. Nothing bad happened. I want to point that out. I always put her down. Everything was fine. She enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious cause I could pick my grandma up. And years later I had like these, these twitches where the memory felt so real of me dropping her. Yeah, straight up. And I'd have to like shiver and shake. And sometimes if you're doing something monotonous, like I would do um, my job doesn't require brain power. Thankfully, that's that's why I'm doing my job. (laughs) Um, But my mind would wander. And sometimes I would get stuck in that loop for, mm, I'd say maybe five seconds. And then I'd like physically shake myself out of it. From what I understand, those are symptoms of PTSD, but they're not, it's not actual because it's not a traumatic experience for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. It makes sense. So when he's having the symptoms of PTSD and stuff like that, it's, it's almost like he's frozen where he's watching this happen. Like the, the, the thing that makes me think of that is, you know what happened because you saw the, the chick blow herself up essentially, but yeah. he's got these flashbacks of him just laying on the trigger. Yeah. Well, it's not with her that he's actually envisioning it. And which is why, again, they actually brought this up too. Um, Kay, the, the girl who looks like the girl that blew herself up. That's why they actually chose her. And it's not that they're, they're just what he's envisioning shooting the girl who blew herself up. He's envisioning himself also killing the other girl too. No joke. I yep. didn't make that connection. Yeah, so that's why they chose her. It's because she looks like the other girl, and that's why she was trying to pass herself off as her sister, because they look so similar. 
the their features and everything like that. They were they were meant to be siblings, even though they're not. Just curious, was psychological part of the the tags in in this? I think yes. you, you mentioned. So I thought that too, but a good maybe three quarters of the way through, I was like, this chick's dead. She's not there. She's not interacting with anybody but him. She's a figment of his imagination. It's part of his PTSD. Like, dude went crazy. And then at the end, she he killed her. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's not what happened. Well, and then I, you, you missed the spot where she's actually in the van or in the Volkswagen with Henmi. He gets in there. He talks to her. Henmi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. No, I didn't miss it. I just mm. glanced over it. Blew by it. Yeah. Because it was after that that I was like, she's dead. She's got to be dead. So, yeah, I must have. Huh. Okay. Uh, what's really, really interesting, too, is they tell a different version of uh, Red Riding Hood, which I thought was great. Dude, right? Dear Lord. That was a, br- br- a very brutal was, and gruesome yeah. Red yeah, Riding Hood. like the original way back in the day Red Riding Hood. No, like I read Brothers the original. Grimm. No, I read bro- uh, Brothers Grimm's. No, this is like literally they wrote their own version of Red Riding Hood for this. Oh, yeah. Brothers Grimm yeah. is not like this. It's it is not nearly nowhere near gruesome for this. Like at the end of Red Riding Hood, you know, Red- you're right. You're right. I have read you. You are correct. I apologize. I've read that. I actually have it somewhere here in, in my, the Brothers Grimm book. But in that book, the wolf does eat the grandma, but eats her whole, doesn't eat her chunk by chunk or force Red Riding Hood to consume her either. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not but, her own mother that the wolf does yes. either. Um, also, the beginning of it is completely different. Red Riding yeah. Hood's in in armor that she has to wear, uh, wear out before she can actually go see. Mm-hmm. And it takes seven years for this to happen. And she did everything she could to wear it out as fast as possible. What I thought was interesting was, do you want to take the path of the pins or the path of the needles? It's a path of pain regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a, it's going to be a rough, rough journey. Yep. And, and to th- now, now I do have a question to think all she had to do all red reading in this particular story had to do is offer up a portion of the food that she was carrying. But the greed, I don't know what's greed because she was like, it's not for me. It's for my mother. The wolf wanted the food. So in order to consume the food that red Riding Hood had, he killed the mom. Didn't even eat the mom because remember her flesh was still there. Her blood was still there. Yeah. Just killed her and chopped her up and made a stew. Apparently. Yeah. It's, it it was gruesome. I mean, like in general, that whole story was gruesome, but it was also, also very unique and and poetic. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I thought it was very tastefully done. It has a, this is one of those movies. I'm going to be honest right now. This is one of those movies where you have to watch it. It's not something where where you can have someone really like how we're trying trying to talk describe it to some people, but you know, you and I we can yeah. talk about this. We get we understand what's going on, unless we you actually reference in our head exactly. Unless you've actually seen it, unless you 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 have seen this at some point in time, or or you've read the source, the manga, you are not going to understand what's going on or, or, or even the references. I mean, like it is just, it's one of those, those movies that truly forces you to actually watch it. And it's one of those movies where you can go back and watch it again. And you'll pick up on a lot of other stuff that you didn't pick up on last time. Well, yeah. Cause you were mentioning stuff that 
yeah, it makes sense that this would be it. But with the knowledge of what's going on here, I didn't pick those things up. Like, for instance, when you were saying he walked into the room and did a quick, a quick scan, I just assumed because he felt he was under surveillance, he was doing, okay, let's just see. The guy that left the room wasn't a spy in my head at that point in time. He was just somebody who could have put planted a bug somewhere. Right. Whereas you just changed my opinion of that whole scene because it, he was an informant. Yeah. Rather than rather than being a spy against him, he was a spy for him. Yeah. For lack of a better word. Um, but uh, it was a fantastic movie. It was a I would say it's up there. Really, really good. For three quarters of the movie. Yes. And the first three quarters, the last quarter with the climax and, and it was a good climax betrayal Mm -hmm. on misunderstanding as far as who was who and what side was where, like it, it it did a huge one eighty in certain areas and a very unexpected turn in others. However, the last 10 minutes made no sense to me. Well, the last 10 minutes, we're really more of a one tying up loose ends. Yeah. Uh, eliminating no, they, they the ops, uh, eliminating the, the people that were basically trying to remove the true protectors of the government or the country. So, so that's how that's, you saw them as the true protectors. Uh, that's how they're per- trying to portray themselves because how, what they're doing is, well, we need to get rid of all these guys over here. We need to actually sacrifice him so that we, we can get rid of this group. And I'm not saying true protectors in the sense that they're there for the people. They're there for the government. Like strictly. Okay, that makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Because I was like, I kept flip-flopping on who the bad guys were. Because I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, so obviously the guerrilla terrorists, for lack of a better word, that keep blowing up random people, they're the bad guys. And then it switched to, well, central intelligence or the, the police officers are trying to essentially narc on their own guys uh, on their, to try to expose and weaken the government. And then so I'm like, okay, so the police are the bad guys. And then the people in the government are doing some shady shit too. And I'm like, wait a second, who, 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 who's the bad guy? Nobody here has a redeeming arc. It just goes from bad to just a little bit worse to a lot worse. And you're like, I'm supposed to feel good that these guys are on my side. I mean, I guess I don't want them against me. That's for damn sure. Yeah. But I didn't see, I did not see any point in time after I would say the 30 minute mark. And again, hour and 45 minutes, but after the 30 minute mark, I did not see anybody who I would want to ally myself with because the one friend that you see, the, the, the guy who's in the police mentions, Hey, you're my only friend from the Academy. They're doing this. Hey, watch out. I'm, I'm looking out for you. I'm going, I could get in trouble for this. I'm looking out for you. Hey, just a heads up. You've got a tail. Hey, just a heads up. They're, they're watching you. There's not much I can do. I'll do what I can, but you know. Yeah, but it's all part of the plan. It's all part of his mind games to be able to set him up to take down that whole unit specifically to take down that entire special unit and that special units used to hunt down a fight and eliminate terrorists and anything else that the government needs you to go and eliminate basically threats to the government threats to the country and the government specifically government. Okay. And I mean, I, I can see the merit of what you're saying where they're, they're necessary because not everybody, it, it not just can or wants to, but is able to dirty their hands. Yeah. So they, they would be what the FBI 
not the CIA, but they're like the, this. No, I, I, for us, I think they would probably be the equivalent of the Depo- Department of Homeland Security. Okay. Yeah, but no, no one's good. The guys. Well, the, that's the, the that's, losers here. That's okay. that's the point of this. Like that's the the point. So like the 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 name of the movie Jinro the Wolf Brigade is Wolf Man and the Wolf Brigade. Okay. Hmm. In in sense, and the reason why they kept referencing and or referencing Little Red Riding Hood, the Wolf, and everything like that is even the people that are supposed to be innocent really aren't innocent. There is no one that's actually good. Everyone has their faults. They're 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 either on either end of the spectrum. It's like okay. if you're on the sect, the wolf guy is the bad guy, right? The government's the bad. If you're on the other end of the spectrum, the sect are bad. Yeah. They're both fighting for what they believe to be the true causes. Then you have people that are in the middle that are trying to to Just manip- live their life. Yeah, live their life <laughs> or manipulate things depending on how it is to have it tilt better towards a more favorable outcome for them and vice versa, you know? So I, I do have one thing I want to say, um, remember at the very end when not the very end, but like maybe 15 minutes before the end where our guy suits up Fox. Yeah. Suits up. And they're like, this is the few fuse 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 F U Z E. Sorry. F U S E. Ah, the the subtitle had Z E. It's actually spelled F U S E. Yeah, of course. Um, so Fuse when he's suiting up and they're like this is what a wolf really looks like the thing that made me think that he was actually a good character was with the exception of his very last kill in the movie he was never the aggressor Yeah. what I mean by that is he never fired until he was fired upon yeah don't get me wrong he was holding a gun ready to go but he only fired the shot after after his uh, opposition pulled the triggers well, even all of them, for every single one of them, he wasn't the aggressor. Every single one of them was a retaliation, including for the last one. The, the difference is for the last one is that after he was shot at, he continued to try and run away and then he fell down and then he got taken out. Oh, that's not the last one I'm referring to. Last one I'm referring to is the chick. Ah, uh, yes, that one. Yeah, that's when he's mostly out of his uniform yeah. and he's oh, given okay. a hard choice that one it's not so much that he was he did it willingly he was given a hard decision because he knew what would end up happening if he did yeah yeah they both go yeah so he chose himself understandable well it's not even that they both would go she would still die regardless and he would rather she die by his hands than someone else's now the thing i hated about her and just completely hated was the fact that they kind of tried to force a love triangle going on, not a love triangle, but like forced the feeling of she's in love with him because at the end she starts crying. I just want someone to remember me. And I'm like, when did this ever come up? When did this ever make it? How does this entering here make any sense? You didn't like him. You barely touched his hand the entire time. You had a kiss maybe 20 minutes before that in, in the movie time. And like now all of a sudden you don't want to die alone because you wanted to die with him because you wanted someone to remember you. That's, that's counterproductive. Well, you have to remember that she also used to be a, a red riding hood and she quickly and easily turned on her people. It was a matter of survival. And for her feeling that security, feeling that survival, being able to continue and survive on 
meant a lot to her. And then now she was put into a situation where, Hey, guess what? You're going to die. And that's why even before they actually got to that point, before they actually even reached that point, she was trying to encourage him to like, Hey, let's just, let's just go. Let's just run. Let's just leave. Let's just get out of here. Yeah. You and me. So, I mean, like in, and in all fairness, I mean, like, it's not just like a couple of days that's happening. I'm sure it's been like weeks. That's actually yeah, gone maybe on. a month. Yeah. Total. So, so, you know, they've been constantly and they even reference this. They even talk a little bit about it. It's like a couple line references to a fuse just like taking off. It's like, Hey, you know, does he have a girl? He's always going out and this and that. And it's not like, so it's, it's something that's been going on long enough for it to be a pattern. Okay. Damn. Yeah. That makes sense. No, I mean, so when the way you explain the ending, it, it, it makes me want to change my mind because I didn't understand it. And I'm really glad that you and I could talk about it mainly podcaster. No, I I'd still want to talk to you about it mainly because uh, you have a different perspective most of the time than I do. And you're able to fill in some of the blanks like you have for me right here. Well, and I, I thought her death was pointless. And vice versa, you know, I mean, like, that's that's why we're good, man. You know, you bring a different <laughs> perspective. I bring a different perspective when I watch it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So all in all, though, I think this is a good spot to to go with the ratings here. So on a scale of uh, up to 10. Yeah. Uh, well, before we go, how long have we been talking roughly before you cut down for, for time? Uh. Probably about maybe 30 minutes. Okay. That's not too, too bad. Yeah. Wow. I didn't feel like it. It felt maybe like five, six minutes. I was just like, crap, not long enough. Yeah. No, we've been talking for, for over 30 minutes, man. Sweet. Yeah. Well, my original rating after everything is said and done, like before I talked to you was going to be like a five middle middling of the way, give or take. It's not something that I would watch again, but it's something I'd recommend. And, and I'd, I'd watch once I'd watch mm-hmm. once with somebody else, but I'd never go seek it out myself. Right. Given the fact that it's got the sixth sense, um, scenario where once you know the ending, you can go back and watch it with brand new eyes mm-hmm. and with understanding of the ending too, raises its value. I'm going to say artistically, I loved it. Loved every second of it. I thought that it was phenomenal. Because I, I love that art style. It's not super realistic, but it, it's it's not in the least bit cartoony. The effect that the fire had, the effect that the lights had, the shadows, the attention to detail was impressive. Um, reminded me a lot of Paprika okay. as far as like the, the random characters and whatnot. The uh, animation. Um, yeah, the general. animation. Yeah. Um, um I'm teetering between an eight and a nine because it's definitely better than a seven, but I don't know if it's as good as a nine, but I feel like it's better than an eight, you know? Well, if you want, you can mirror my score because I was going to give it an eight. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do eight. Solid eight. So yeah. Yeah. I'm giving it a real solid, like middling eight because it, it is, it's one of the better ones. It is. It is. It is really good. Obviously it's good enough for me to actually have gone back and watch it again. <laughs> so I'm I'm not disappointed in that in the least. I would before real quick. You mentioned you watched it both dubbed and subbed, right? Yes. 
this is kind of important because I, this is the one week you and I reversed ourselves. I didn't watch it dubbed. I only watched it subbed. Did the voices match? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Continue. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the reason why I watched it both ways is because I had saw it subbed before and I was like, well, you know what? I just, I, I want to watch it in, in dubs this time. Just see how it, how it matched and matched up pretty good. It was actually pretty good. I wasn't disappointed in it, in the experience. So carried on the art uh, the reason why I'm giving it an A is the art, the story, the storytelling. Uh, it, it didn't really, it didn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. It gave it a solid ending, a sad ending. Yes, but an ending and true. And any questions that you really kind of had, they do their best to kind of explain it, but they, they explain it in such a way where it's also easy to miss. So it's something that, you can go and revisit and you'll actually get something more out of it that you'll, you'll gain a better appreciation for it or a better understanding of it when you watch it again. So that makes sense. All right. So next week, uh, your choice. Yes. Uh, So next week we're going to go with Tokyo Ravens. It's a 24 episodes long genres are action, comedy, magic, romance, school, and supernatural. Hmm. I think I might enjoy that. Yes, it'll be pretty interesting. So I know I haven't seen that one. So <laughs> okay, it'll be. Yeah, I've never heard of it. So. It'll be interesting to say the least. But uh, well, that's all the time that we have for today. We hope you enjoyed uh, this week's choice. If you've seen Jinro, if you have any feedback, viewpoints, anything like that on it, feel free to let us know. Uh, message us. You can email us at featuredanimepodcast at gmail dot com. At those anime guys on Twitter, uh, featured anime podcast on Facebook, and we also have a Patreon. Uh, you get some bonus content. We talk a little bit before and sometimes after each episode. Uh, where the episodes are usually a lot longer too because we sit there and don't. Not only do we talk mm. about this show, the show that we're talking about, the but we also talk about other things. And you know, like we had uh, just stated earlier that. Uh, in the pre-show, we were talking about the live action movie a little bit and how we have different hopes for it compared to the other live action movies that are out there for <laughs> anime. <laughs> cough, cough, bleach. Yeah. Death note. <laughs> God. Uh, I was going to leave that alone. Dear Lord. But uh, feel free to look us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash featured anime podcast. And until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick here with a uh, a very unique Red Riding Hood story. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Later. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.